there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Dr. Alexis Albion. I have two final time for coffee questions, Alexis. Could you share a time in your professional life Mm. when you struggled? Maybe you even failed at something. Maybe you really screwed up a big project or whatever it was. You had a terrible supervisor. I myself was fired twice in my 40s. It's something that's taken me a while to speak about it publicly, but I now see it as having been an incredible gift. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is how you persevered and maybe a lesson that you learned in the process. Hmm. I'm not sure if I really have a failure or something like that, but there was a time when I was at the World Bank, another place which frightened the hell out of me because I had no idea what I was doing. Never took an economics class in my life and was suddenly working with senior economists, best from around the world. So that was a scary place, but it was a wonderful place to be. It was an incredible opportunity. And I was at the World Bank, kind of not loving things exactly. And this was when I was feeling, yeah, I was telling people, yeah, I just feel like I need to do something more creative. And many of my friends were from the policy world or I guess the development world. And they would say, yeah, and sort of nod their heads like, Yeah, that sounds good. But it wasn't until I had lunch with my old friend who'd been my boss at the Spy Museum, who is now my current boss. And we were friends and we'd have lunch periodically. And she said, how's it going? And, you know, I sort of did the same spiel that I would give to all my friends. It's fine. Everything's great. World Bank is a fantastic place to be working, obviously. World-class people, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. But I just feel like, I don't know. Not being creative. There's no creativity. And she was the first and only person who said, this is really important. She just said to me, like, this is important. You have to find something that feeds your soul. And it was like this wake up thing for me. And like, she understands what I'm talking about. And it wasn't very long after that until she actually was the one who gave me this opportunity. She said, how would you like to come and help me build a spy museum? And I did accept that, but I wasn't quite ready, I think, to completely jump ship and go from this very respectable life, working at the World Bank, where I'd been for a number of years, working for the president. He'd left, I was there as a contractor there, but a lot of people are dying to break into working at a place like the World Bank. It's a lovely place. I had a lovely office. I was a nice place to work. All of it seemed good. You're working with great people. And here I had this opportunity to go work at the Spy Museum, you know, actually shared an office with my boss, you know, she basically put a desk in her office. Not that those things matter, but it makes you think, gee, I have a PhD. Am I really going to work at like this museum? It sounds like a silly museum, doesn't it? From the World Bank. And I spent about a year and a half juggling both of those jobs and driving myself absolutely crazy. I would spend a day where I was at 
the bank in the morning and then go to a meeting at the museum and then go back to the bank. And I remember because I just, I couldn't let this very respectable place go in this job. It sounded so good. And, and then there was a point I actually went on vacation with my family and I realized when I came back, I just couldn't go back to the bank. <laughs> and I did something which I've never done in my life before, which is I acted in a very unprofessional manner. I just didn't go back. I just didn't. I just couldn't go in. You didn't show up. I just didn't show up. I feel very embarrassed about it. My supervisor sort of would call and say, I forgot when were you coming back from vacation? When were you supposed to come back? And that's when I realized I'm ready. I'm ready. And I did go in and say, I'm so sorry. I just can't do this. And I quit from the bank and I came full time in the museum. I've been there ever since. I shouldn't have done that. But it took that for me to realize I'm now ready to do this. And there's something about giving up this sense of something that seemed so professional. And isn't this what you work for? And I could have stayed at the bank probably and had a career there or something like that. And instead, I went to something which, again, this was a temporary job. It had an end date. I'm not a museum person. What am I doing? But it took me a while to figure out that that was the right thing to do. So someone I interviewed recently said something that really has stuck with me, Alexis. And it is that we need to give ourselves permission to be awesome in ways other than what we thought we should be doing. Yes. And do you think you were clearly struggling with maybe, I don't know what your family would say or what friends would say or what peers would say if you weren't at the bank? Yes, very much so. And I have to say, I still struggle with that. I have to say I still do because I've had friends who have risen to especially again, living in Washington, D.C. and titles matter and all these things. And I've had friends who became assistant secretaries and are executive directors and have the corner office and all seems great. And I think, gee, should I have tried to do that? Should I have done that? I could have been doing that. I do think about those things. I still do. And I have friends I have lunch with who are at the State Department whatever, and they say, you have the greatest job in the world. And then I think, well, why aren't you doing it then? <laughs> You think it sounds so great because it's always easy to say that. I remember, again, when I went to China after college and then I got back and I had friends who were working at Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs who <laughs> said, oh, wow, I wish I had done that. And I thought I was a bit naive and I would say, well, I can give you the details about how to apply. <laughs> say it's not that. Yeah, you know, there are lots of opportunities. And then it took me a while to realize that they didn't really mean that. And they, they said, like, in theory, yes, I would like to go off and have an adventure and live in China for two years. But it is actually you know, on my pathway. They'd say, oh, it sounds great. I wish I had done that. But then I would say, well, why don't you then? But right. you see, I think this says a lot about you. And it goes back to the espresso shots conversation that we had, Alexis, when you said you have been scared in every job you've taken, and I have too. Right. But I think there are plenty of people who aren't comfortable being mm. scared. They want to be safe. Yes, of course. And that's fine. I mean, that's good. But and that doesn't mean that yeah. they didn't really mean it when they said that to right, you. Right. Maybe they are looking at you saying deep down inside, I wish I had the courage to do that. I like thinking of it that way. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. You have the courage to push yourself outside your comfort zone and do things because you are following your heart and your interests right. where it leads you. Well, I think, first of all, I had a lot of support from my family, from my husband. Not everybody 
is practically able to do those things. I took a big salary cut when I came to museum and I was able to do that because I have a husband who supported me in that. So I think I've been lucky in that sense. It is all that matters. The difference between having a job, which is just a job where you go in and you know you're doing well and financially or whatever, and the difference between having a job where you just have fun and it's a pleasure is enormous. And, and you're having fun. Not every day. <laughs> Some of it is it's hard work. But in general, it's more that you just feel that you're doing something that feeds your soul. I think that's important to strive for that, to find something that, that you just love doing because none of those other things really matter. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.